We are back with another edition of Making Money. The financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager, joins us. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. We teased about the fact we're going to under, try to understand share dilution and stock buybacks here because you, it, depending on how much stock a company issues and how much you hold, that can affect the price of it. Right, Ron? Yeah. A simple way to look at this, Gord, is, and this is why dilution hurts shareholders, is imagine a pie. If it's cut in two pieces, each person owns half. If it's cut in 10 pieces, each person only represents 10%. So the more slices that get cut, the smaller each portion becomes. Shares and companies represent ownership. The fewer shares outstanding, the greater the ownership position of each share. Conversely, the more shares that get issued, the less of the ownership pie each share represents. It means you own less of the assets, less of the cash flow, and less of the future potential, the more shares there are out there. Too many shares being issued reduces or dilutes your ownership position until it's eventually essentially worthless. So this is something most people don't pay attention to, but share dilution is very, very, very important if you want to protect your investment. So how does it happen, Ron? Well, it happens a number of ways. The first way is the company gets in tough economic straits and can't borrow from conventional sources. So if you need money and you can't borrow it because nobody wants to lend you any money because they think you're too big a risk, um, the only other way out is you can issue tons of shares at low prices as your other means of survival. That allows you to raise cash as by issuing stock. And because the company is financially risky, investors demand the share prices be sold to them at a very cheap price. So they issue a huge amount of shares at a giveaway price, and that just absolutely shrinks the value of, 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 of what you own and what it's worth. So does management get involved in this? Obviously, they do, right? Well, often you'll find that management, usually even before a company is taken public, uh, they give themselves uh, enormously generous amounts of stock and uh then they continue to give themselves more as their pay package uh, in continuation of their employment. So often you can see a management uh, has literally sucked the value out of the company because they own so much stock and have issued themselves so much more that it dilutes the shareholders that have bought in and there's really not a lot left for them. And I guess the third reason is just the company goes on a blank spree. So you know, especially you see this with tech companies where they really don't have any earnings. So the only currency they have to buy other companies is their own shares. So they buy company after company after company after company. And uh, that happened with Nortel years ago where they spent, I think, almost uh, $80 billion on acquisitions. And most of those acquisitions turned out to be duds. And uh, the hint here is that the majority of takeovers don't uh, add much to the bottom line. And this is exactly what Nortel did. The company issued a bunch of new shares diluting your ownership. And because they had, they ended up issuing shares, the ownership dropped, but you, they didn't get anything for it in return. They didn't get really companies that added a lot to their bottom line. So companies that go on aggressive buying spree using stock, you've got to be very careful that those acquisitions are carefully planned and they're accretive to the overall company in terms of assets, sales, and earnings. So what you just talked about there, those those are some of the little alarm bells that are ringing. Maybe they're not klaxons yet, but that's when you have to pay attention, right? Is it time to say goodbye? 
Yeah, the time to say goodbye, there's a number of things we've got to look at. The first one is when creditors refuse to lend the company any more money, and it's got its back against the wall. In order to survive, it's got to issue a lot of stock. And, uh, you know, the second thing is when the company runs out of money long before any of its assets start to produce revenue, uh, usually the only option it has is issue prodigious amounts of stock. Thirdly, if insiders holding huge amounts of stock dump any time the stock market rallies. And the fourth is the kiss of death. It's called a reverse split gourd. And it takes uh, your old shares and consolidates them into a new one. So, for example, if a company does a 10 for one reverse split, uh, they take 10 of your old shares and they give you one new one. And typically when companies do that, uh, you look at the past trading history, it's down. And after they do the consolidation, usually things don't improve that much. And so you've got to be, when these things, you, you see these four bells ringing, um, you, you want to head for the edge, exit. And also, if you see management that they issue themselves a lot of stocks and every time it goes up, they're the first ones in line to sell, um, then you've got to be asking yourself, you the insider trading, you just get uh, massive amounts of selling on any news. Well, maybe it's time to say goodbye. Okay, so that's that's dilution. Now, the other thing in this this topic is stock buybacks, and that's where the company says, "Okay, we're going to take those shares off your hands," right? Yeah, and uh, this often can be at very, a premium. Uh, sometimes they, even at a at a premium. Usually, yeah. they go into the market and buy them, but sometimes they can have what's called Dutch auctions where uh, they have a range of prices and you can submit where you're willing to sell your shares at. So there's a lot of ways they can accomplish this. But what it really does, it reduces the number of shares that are out there and increasing, uh, literally increases existing shareholders' ownership of the company with each share they possess. This can be very good use of capital if the company can buy the shares back at an attractive price. So if they can buy the shares back and it's a real bargain, this is terrific. And frequently, because they're in there buying shares, it creates demand, which pushes share prices up. And finally, it's very good for taxes, because if you buy a stock and your ownership increases because they're buying back shares, as your ownership increases, your percentage of sales, your percentage of assets, percentage of profits grow, usually the shares go up in value. And since you haven't sold the shares, no tax um, consequences. The tax consequences are great. No tax is triggered until the shares are eventually sold. So, you know, in many cases, you can own shares for years or even decades that have gone up dramatically, and you've never faced any tax consequences because you've never sold the stock. Okay, so these are the ones that are good for shareholders. Are there any buybacks that are bad for shareholders? Yeah, there's, there's three. The first one is when they're buying back overpriced shares. This is essentially if the company has to borrow money to, to fund a share buyback. So, you know, they're buying uh, shares back that where the company is growing at 3%, but let's say they're borrowing at 8%. Well, that's not a good move. Also, uh, if they're, if they're uh, going out and, um, you know, their company is growing at 3%, and they're buying back shares. Well, they might have been used, better off using that money to, for example, invest in new technology for the company or buy an attractive business, take it over, that would allow them to increase their, 
the the internal growth rate of the company. So if if the shares are overpriced or there isn't a lot of growth there, um, sometimes the company's better off uh, using it for something else. Also, uh, many times or, or enough times that buybacks are used to disguise management issuing themselves lots of stock options and using the liquidity to create uh, an opportunity to buy back those shares. So you look at the beginning of the year and you look at the end of the year and there's no uh, no change in the total out shares outstanding. You're going, well, this is cool. Well, all that profit that the company generated just bought back shares so that the management could issue themselves even more shares. So that isn't, uh, that isn't a great outcome for shareholders. Finally, is often companies will announce that they're going to make a share buyback during the year and market gets all excited and goes up because of the prospect. And then management never really does anything. So you've got to make sure that a management announces a share buyback that they actually follow through with it. So we had share dilution and we have buybacks. There's two things you should pay attention to here, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, aggressive stock issuance can erode ownership very quickly. So you've got to pay attention to when your, your ownership is getting diluted. And on the other side, share buybacks have the potential to increase an investor's ownership and share price if executed profitably. So there's uh, two things you need to be paying attention to. So you, you, know, you, you, you should tune in if you own stock to the quarterlies that the company uh, issues so that you're, you're looking at exactly what's going on. So when you're reading a quarterly report, spend some time looking at what the total share position is, whether it's dropping, whether it's increasing. Um, that will be a good indicator of often how well the company's doing. Okay, so there you go. A little financial advice from the financial coach, Ron Hebert. Buybacks and, and uh, dilution, something you should pay attention to. We are back again next week with another edition of Making Money. And remember, if you have a suggestion for a show or a question, something you want us to follow up on, feel free to drop us a line through our website at letsmakemoney.ca. We will talk to you next week. I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for listening. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.